Hey guys, I'm Rain, and welcome to Web Chats, where we find the most interesting people on the internet and bring them on to hear their stories. Some of the topics we cover can be funny, interesting, maybe even a little weird, and we do get into some pretty heavy topics, things like substance abuse, suicide, sex abuse, domestic violence. So a quick trigger warning, if you're sensitive to any of those things, you're going to want to think about that before you proceed with any of our episodes, because sometimes it comes up a little bit unexpectedly. If you hear me giving advice to anybody on the show, it's just coming from my own personal experiences and it's coming from my heart, but I am not a trained professional. I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people, so I have a lot to pull from, but I am not a trained professional. The last thing before we get into the show is I want to share a few resources that may be useful for you or somebody you know. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. The National Child Abuse Hotline. 800-422-4453 and 24-hour drug and alcohol abuse support line including an optional 24-hour admittance to rehab is 877-987-6071. Okay, now let's get into the show. Web chats connected. Hey everyone, it's been a rough couple months for us here in the U.S. First we had coronavirus, which was a global pandemic, we had so many people dying, and then it just becomes a big old political issue like everything else. I mean, this thing swept through every country in the world, but of course when it comes here, it has to be a government conspiracy, it has to be a political issue. I just don't get it. Uh, But rest in peace to all those people uh, who lost their lives to coronavirus and still are every day. Then, as if it wasn't bad enough, we have these incidents of police brutality. Uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, rest in peace to you, and my heart also goes out to your families. And then this turns into riots in the streets, and more political noise, and oh man, is it just a mess. Um, Are there people today who are still racist? Absolutely, there are. But my thing is this. We need to start standing together with people of any color who share the same ideas and beliefs and let that be our new group. We should stop grouping ourselves by color and start grouping ourselves by our intentions. We're much stronger that way and we don't even realize the allies that we have. We don't even realize how much bigger our group is and we may be grouping ourselves with people who we don't share the same beliefs with simply because they're the same color as us. We need to redraw the lines here. And let's get into the next leg of the race. Let's get to the next phase of America, which is standing with those who stand with you and nothing else. I had a conversation with Sanera. We talked about that. We talked about a lot of other issues. Please stay tuned for my thoughts afterwards because I have a lot to say about this. And in the meantime, please be safe out there. Love one another. Here's my conversation with Sanera. I, I think here it is. Now I oh, can now we're connected. Sanaira, right? Sanaira. Sanaira. Nice to meet you. I'm Rain. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I had to do something. It was a mess. <laughs> Looking good. You pulled it together. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad you could join me. Um, and it says always late on your shirt. <laughs> yes, yeah, always late, but worth the wait. <laughs> gotcha. 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 I like it. Okay. So um, I appreciate you joining me. Obviously, you're at home uh, teaching your kids from home like the rest of us right now, huh? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure we don't have too much time. Uh, but I want to I discuss with you. So 
I want you to know from the beginning of this, whether we agree or disagree on anything, it doesn't matter. I am coming from a place of pure love. That's it, right? And what I'm yeah. hoping to see is race issues continue. I believe there already are starting to, but continue to improve. I mean, I think it goes without saying, regardless of what you think about what's going on today and if there's room for improvement, which there always is, if you compare today to 1950, we've made some improvement, right? So if you compare today to 1740, we've made some improvement. So I want to see things continue to evolve. And so that's where I'm coming from. And now what I tend to see online, I see too many, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I see too many black people who seem to feel maybe too comfortable expressing negativity towards white people or almost feel like there's a right to do it, right? I'm, I'm half black and I'm half Iranian. I'm no part white. I'm half black, half Iranian. My dad is the leader of the Muslim Leadership Council in San Diego. And my uncle was Muhammad Ali's right-hand man and business manager. One of my uncles went to Central High in Little Rock. My family's from Little Rock and went to that high school the year after it was integrated. It was the first ever integrated black High school, high school is integrated with black and white students, right? So I, I, I have many things in my mind where I'm coming from, just so you know where I'm coming from. It's not that there's yeah. anything I don't necessarily understand or can't relate to. This is just my feeling. And so you're one of the people that I've seen online seem to have a strong opinion about this issue. And I'm wondering where it comes from. It sounds like you've been through some things how do you feel about race issues today? And maybe just kind of give me a brief, like, why do you feel the way you feel and how do you feel? Okay. So um, I'm going to start off with that. My childhood best friend, and I still like to talk to her every time we get a chance to link up. She's white. So I've never had an issue with, I'm going to say general white people. Mm-hmm. It's certain people, just like I have an issue with certain black people. I don't like pants sagging. That's disgusting to me. And if you look on the history on that, that comes from prison that you're available. I don't like that. So it's like, I have like my okays and my dislikes with any and every single race. Absolutely. And it's like where I feel like it started, I'm going to say when Trump first started to run, Mm -hmm. that's when I started to see a whole a whole lot changing Mm -hmm. and I haven't had an actual fight since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm about to be 28 years old. I have two children. Mm -hmm. Like I don't do that anymore. I left that back there, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, I was in Walmart and this was around Christmas time, me and my boyfriend picking up stuff for dinner, stuff for the kids, you know, the last little minute stuff you got to get. And this lady had hit me with her card. And I would do this to anybody. I bumped it right back. Like, you're in a crowded space. People all be your personal space. It's an irritating time. Mm-hmm. So that right there, I, I know when I look back on, I'm like, okay, I could have handled that differently and been like, excuse me, you just bumped me. But I bumped it back. And then as soon as I bumped it back, I turned into a ghetto black B-I-T-C-H. Right, 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 right. And right, right. yes, she was a white woman. And I'm like, whoa. So that just took me all the way around. I'm like, okay, first of all, we're not going to go there. And then she felt like her boyfriend comes up and was like, you people need to know your place. You owe her an apology. I said, first of all, she bumped me. Then she called me out of my name. Right. We're not doing that. I said, right. if you really want to, 
we can go from Sanaya back to Nene back in high school. <laughs> I can take it back there with no problem. Sure, sure, sure. So then she felt the need that I guess she calls herself trying to, well, she told the police that she had to teach me a lesson and she slapped me. She just straight across my face, just. No way. Yes. And we fought. And when me and her were getting into it, I didn't even notice, but other people around there and my boyfriend, her boyfriend was trying to attack me. So Mm. my boyfriend picked him up and pretty much put him on the shelf. Like you sit over here, you're not touching her. Mm -hmm. So it was like when the police were coming around the corner they um the fight broke up from other people around there and we had so many witnesses saying that i wasn't wrong that woman put her hands on me first because they wanted me to go to jail they wanted to press charges and i'm like i will never start a fight but if you put your hands on me best believe i will finish it sure and so when you so and so let's break this down because i know you have other situations and we have time as long as you have time i have time so we can get into as much as we need to get into but this one situation do you look at that as um, a race-related issue? Do you connect that to white people or that person? I'm going to say I'm 50-50 with that. Mm. I do feel like it is a race thing because I've never had anyone from any other race where, like, if I've gotten to, because I've been in altercations before, people get in arguments all the time, and mm-hmm. I do hair for a living. Mm-hmm. So we get to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like it's more so race. I had, um, and I apologize if I'm wrong on pronunciation, but I, uh, a Indian lady, I don't know where she's actually from, mm-hmm. but I know that she's Indian. I would do her hair and mm-hmm. she, she always mm-hmm. loved it. Never had a problem, mm-hmm. but always only tipped me a dollar mm-hmm. to where black clients would tip 15 and up white clients would tip three to 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, I do partially feel like it's a race thing because anytime I've gotten into an altercation with, and it's not all white people have had altercations with, but anytime I would get into an altercation with some white people, mm-hmm. they always throw my race out there. It and turned to like, race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like if I wasn't black or if they weren't white, it wouldn't be race wouldn't be brought up. So you're, so what you're saying is you feel that, that's always beneath the surface and it doesn't take much for that to end up coming to the surface is what you're right. saying. So right. it's always there, whether you see it or not, it makes it feel like it's always somewhere hidden behind the curtain and, it, and all it's going to take is some sort of a disagreement for that to come out. That's your experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. I can understand why you feel that way. Now, let me ask you this before we go on to another story or, and I want to read a little bit of what you posted too, just to make sure we bring that to context. Um, do you have experiences that are that are the opposite of that, where maybe you've been into a, a disagreement with a, a white person and it didn't turn to race, or you've had relationships or experiences with white people that you feel like that doesn't exist anywhere in their in their hearts or in their mind, that nowhere under the surface is that there? Do you have any experiences like that? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. So tell me about one of those, if you could, just briefly, like who it is or or, or why you feel that way about them. I was in Sam's Club, matter of fact, and when I go to the store with my children, I'm always distracted, mainly mm-hmm. because they're there. But this particular time, <laughs> I was in a hurry, and I had them with me. I had to get them back home so I could get to work. Like it was, it was a mess that morning. Mm-hmm. Like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was in Sam's Club, and I was finishing up, and I just went and got in line. 
And it was um, an older white lady behind me. And she was like, excuse me, I'm in the line. And I was like, there's no way you can hold up two lines. Because she was just standing in the middle. And if you looked around all the other lines, everybody else was just in a single line. Right, right. So I'm like, there's no way you can hold up two lines. No, you don't get to just, like, whichever one comes first, that's me. (laughs) Right. Like, you can't do that. And then I turned back around and proceeded to, like, wait until, like, people were moving forward. And then she asked me to move. And I was like, I'm not moving. You can't take up two lines. So right. then she called over an employee. I don't know if they're the manager or not, <clears throat> but that side of the line is closer to the self-checkout and those last two lanes, they did do it like that. Mm-hmm. So I apologized and I got right behind her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she didn't bring up my race. I didn't bring up her race. It was no race involved at all. Right, it was right. like a simple misunderstanding. Sure. And I sincerely apologized and she was fine with it. Sure. So do you have any relationships with any white people that are that you're that you're fond of yes and 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 let me say this let me say this let me say this i want to put it this way too because this is an exception i'm not talking about white people who identify mainly with black culture right you get what i'm saying so i'm not talking about the white guy or the white girl who grew up around a lot of black people. And so they're so much more inclined to be a part of the culture and you're more inclined to have a relationship with them. I mean, somebody who comes from maybe a different culture and is not always around a lot of black people. Do you have any relationships with somebody like that? Yeah. And (laughs) I laughed because it actually takes me back to high school Mm -hmm. and we actually ended up becoming friends in college, which is so funny. Cool. But, um, I couldn't stand her (laughs) in high school. I could not. And we actually still tell people this story still to this day. Like uh, people think that like we were born together. We grew like it was none of that. Uh-huh. It was I don't like you. I don't like you. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't like me because like in high school, people always painted this persona of me as this tough girl, this like hard cookie. And it was like when I first. Like, I can see that. I feel like you used to beat people up in high school. <laughs> I feel like I would have been scared of you in high school that you would have probably beat me up. And I was annoying. So you probably would have punched me for sure. <laughs> like we came from South Carolina uh-huh. to Maryland because my dad was in the military. Okay. And when we first came here, I made friends, but a lot of people hated me because uh-huh. like my hair, I cut it all the time in the summertime. So mm-hmm. like we do another video and like August is going to be short, mm-hmm. but I always like do something different to my hair, but then I loved it because it was so long. Mm-hmm. My mom was a hairstylist, so my hair was literally down my back. Mm. Nobody believed it was mine. Everyone mm. thought it was weed, tracks. Mm-hmm. I was a liar because it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Black girls and a lot of people, and black girls were saying this too, not mm. just the white girls, but right. black girls were saying it too. Right. Black girls don't have good hair. Right. What is good hair? Right. I'm a hairstylist and what comes out of your scalp that is not dry or brittle is good hair. Okay. Correct. correct. So it's like someone had actually put gum in my hair and Mm. actually framed her for it. Mm. Mm. Her desk is directly, well, in that classroom, her desk was directly behind. Uh Uh-huh. And it was easy to believe that she stuck that in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl to my right was actually my friend. Well, I thought was my friend. Mm. That's actually who turned out to be the one who put the gum in my hair. Cause uh. she didn't know someone else in the back of the classroom was recording. it. Oh no. So I'm all mad at this girl. We're going back and forth right. and they actually 
it was funny because I didn't find out until the end of the year because I never checked my school email account. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it's just the teacher asked me to do my homework and yeah, whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, I have straight A's. I'm not checking that. Whatever. Right. So um, she, when I actually saw the video, I still didn't say anything, uh-huh. which looking at it now, I should have been mature and said something, but I let the beef keep going because mm. every time she would see me, she'll say some slick to her friends and me and my friends would say some slick and we never, we got so the, so the premise of you guys starting, you're not liking each other was false. But after that, you guys just got into it anyway. So by that time, it didn't even matter anymore about the gum. You just didn't like each other. Right. Got and it. then it all like when we actually became cool. I had called, um, this was before Uber started getting popular in Maryland. It takes us speeding it up to college. We were going to the same college. Uh-huh. Now, because I normally took the bus, she normally took the bus. We never really passed each other because we uh-huh. went in opposite directions or we had different class times. Uh-huh. But I had called a taxi and she didn't have her umbrella. Uh-huh. And I was like, and she's just standing there. And I was like, where are you going? And she looked at me. Oh, mad, right? Was, Where are you going? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't like you, but it's raining. Yeah, and yeah, like, mad you had to be nice to her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to Shady Grove. And I was like, so am I. You want to ride? And she was like, okay. Uh, and like, uh, we're in the car, and you could tell the guy, the driver, knew it was awkward because yeah. we're completely, like, smushed up against opposite doors and just yeah. giving each other the... Uh, yeah. Like in the back seat, and we actually ended up getting on the exact same train, going to the exact same stop. I had no idea that she liked to do hair, also. Mm, So we ended mm. up going to the same seminar, Mm, mm. and the last two seats ended up to be side by side. Mm, (laughs) So, wow, we just spent the next four and a half hours together and we exchanged information, and we've been cool ever since. Let me tell you something before we go further because that story that you just said is the most perfect and beautiful example of what I actually think happens a lot of times with race issues. It's so easy when there's not enough communication to hate each other, even if there's no real premise. That's exactly what just happened with you guys. It was supposed to be about this gum thing, but that actually wasn't real. And what you guys disliked each other about was nothing at all. And it took you guys getting forced together to start to have some discussion to realize you have a lot in common. I have no reason to hate you. And wait a minute, I love you. That is in a nutshell what I think is actually happening with race in this in this country and in the world today. It has there's no premise. There's nothing real. It's just this color of our skin. Right. If if there's any differences. There are cultural differences, but that's okay. We don't have to have the same cultures. We don't have to eat the same foods and listen to the same music and like the same clothes and hairstyles. That's okay. I would never hate somebody because they like tacos and I don't, even though I love tacos. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. We would never hate somebody because of cultural differences. This whole race thing, I think, is honestly, I feel like it's just a big facade. It's, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. If we were forced together the way you and your friend were forced together, but we aren't, there's nothing forcing us together. And so we can continue hating each other, even though there was really no gum in the hair. There would, that never actually happened. That's what I think is happening with race. That's what, that's the way I feel. Do you agree or disagree with that? And you can. I I agree with that. I actually agree with that. That's why I was on a call. I interviewed a guy named Gene for the show and he was a white dude from big, tall, white dude with a big old beard, right? Like just the like Confederate flag, right? Like the person that you would expect to see when you think about the picture of a, a racist white guy in the South, right? And on his Facebook page, 
he posted a video of a black dude that was waving the Confederate flag. And he was like, yeah, I voted for Trump and I support the troops. And if you don't, you can get the fuck out like this thing. Right. And that was interesting to me. And what he posted was, so tell me what's so racist about the Confederate flag. You're aware of the Confederate flag, I assume. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So to me, that whole idea was interesting that there's a black guy waving the Confederate flag, which to me and most people, the Confederate flag stands for fighting for slavery, right? Pro-slavery. So I'm like, why is this dude identifying with that? And why is this guy posting it? And this whole thing was interesting to me. Long story short, when you get right down to it, this dude wasn't a racist. It was the same thing. There were all these situations and scenarios where he didn't really interact with people that much to understand that they have these similarities. And by the end of our call, him and I, this dude was so attached to me. And since then messages me every day, I'm like his big brother. And he just looks up to me and asks me for advice. There is absolutely no racism thing happening there. But I'm somebody who reached out to him and took the time to have a discussion. I can guarantee you the people that he's having all these N-word interactions with in the South and they're having, they're hating each other. They're fighting each other. They're not stopping and having a conversation. They're not finding yeah. out if they have things in common and what do you like to do and where are you from? And what, They're not doing any of that. It's just, you're black, I'm white. No more conversation needed, right? That's what happened with you and the lady in Walmart. There was no conversation there. I bet you if you guys didn't run into each other the way that you did, if you guys sat down, had a conversation without any tension and were forced into a cab, right? Into an Uber, into a classroom next to each. If you guys were forced together, if you were stranded on a desert island together and we picked you up five years later, you'd be besties. Guarantee it. I can can see that. I mean, I'm just, typically I'm the type of person, I can start a conversation anywhere. Like my, all my friends will tell you that I have what they love to call it the resting bitch face. Because I always have like this blank look on my face and some people say I look mean and I'm not mean unless you put me there. Like you poke the bear, you get a reaction. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like I was always taught, look at someone's heart, don't look at their color. So if you look at all of my friends, I have every race of friends you could ever think of. And it's like growing up, it was literally across the street. Well, where we used to live at across the street were the Spanish boys. And then down the street, you had um, the two brothers. They both were white. Behind everything else, it was um, four siblings. They were mm-hmm. white. And mm-hmm. we had a few Indian people. Like, it was it was mixed. It Everybody was, mix. was fun, cool. Like, it was no issue. I just feel like when people bring up the race issue or if you're arguing with someone why do you need to bring up the fact like with that lady why does it matter that i'm black what does that have to do with you bumping me with your car you're right why does it here's the thing with that with the with the word the n-word right and with the whole racist conflict um when i was i don't know my young 20s i'm 38 now but i was in my young 20s and i was at a club with some friends all black all my friends were black at that time most of them at least and we were, it was after the club, we were like 2.30 in the morning. We're just hanging out in the parking lot, you know, before we go our separate ways and go home. And a car pulled up. It was two older, like middle-aged, like 40s, 50s year old uh, white guys. And one of my friends and the guy in the passenger seat somehow got into an argument. I don't know what they were arguing about. And I walked over there because I heard the commotion. 
And I, I, I saw the white dude look at my friend and I could see him planning. I could see the gears turning in his mind. I could see it. And he's smiling at him and he goes, nigger, like that. And my friend explodes, loses control of himself. He's going crazy, right? Which is a scene that we've seen often. I mean, in high school, that word can create a reaction very quickly. With not everybody, with a lot of people, though, if you say that word, it's on. There's people who it's on site, no questions asked. You say that. I'm not thinking about it. We're not talking about it. It's, It's on. And he was that way. And we were all that way kind of at that time. And I was that way prior to that moment. And in that moment, I saw, I had a moment of clarity where I saw the whole thing. He knew all he had to do was say that, and he was going to get a reaction out of you. And he was going to control you with that word, get you to do something. If you punched him or hit the car, you were going to jail. And he smiled so big when my friend started losing his mind and going crazy. Luckily, he didn't actually hit him or do anything, which I was surprised. He didn't do anything. But the joy that he got out of getting that reaction out of him in that moment, I realized that word is making you a puppet because any time I want to push your button, it's right there on your sleeve. I could just go, nigger, and you, ah, so my question is, I told the story just in that moment. I said, I'll never let that word control me again. I'll never let somebody saying any word control me. You can't control me in my thoughts, my actions, my feelings. You can't control me. And right. so my question is, why don't more people take that stance? Why do you give a fuck at all? Excuse my language, but why do you? what somebody thinks or says about you. For me, if somebody says something like that, which it hasn't happened for a long time, but if somebody says something like that about me, my immediate thought is, you're an idiot. And especially if this is what you're thinking or this is how you're acting, why would I care what your opinion is? You're an idiot. Bye. Like it doesn't even bother me because I so wholeheartedly believe that anybody who thinks anything of me because of the color of my skin is an idiot. That'd be like if you hated me because the shape of my nose or you hated me because I wear black t-shirts or you like, what is that? That's nothing. That so, so, so you are somebody who, and I can't put words in your mouth, but do you feel that way? I don't think you do because you were bothered by somebody treating you that way or, or commenting on race or any of that. Why does that bother you? Now, this might sound a little hypocritical, but it all depends on the situation for okay. it to bother me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go out of your way to pull up next to me, to call me that, for what? What mm-hmm. is your motive? Mm-hmm. That, that's not going to, you're not going to get a reaction. I'm going to be like, for what? You sure. feel good now? Sure. Like, sure. But if we're arguing, mm-hmm. like, and I'm going to take it back to the lady in Walmart. Mm-hmm. If we're arguing and like if she would have said that i probably would have pounced on her 10 times worse because what now you're doing too much we're arguing about you bumping me with a car my race has to be brought up and now you got to call me a racial slur Uh like you really would so it's like uh you just pull up and say that or you driving past yell it out the window because that has happened me and my friends what the fuck just happened it just bust out laughing right but if we're in an argument Right. And race shouldn't be brought up. It has nothing to do with race. And you throw and you start throw that in there. It's right. going to be much worse. So, so let me ask you this to try to really get to the depth of understanding that feeling. If you were in this heated argument and she called you a different word, I don't say the B word 
to women. I say it playing with my friends, but never about women, never to women. So I won't say that. But if she called you that, would that get under your skin the same or would the N word get under your skin more in that same situation? It would get under my skin just the same. Because you're not my homie. You're not my girl. We don't go way right. back with two feet in a Cadillac. Watch your mouth. So this so, is so this yeah. is for you more so. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is more so about we're in an argument and you're trying to offend me in any way that you can. That's what upsets me. Not so much that I feel like I need to defend my race or I'm upset about what you said about the race. It's not about that. Exactly. It's just about the fact that you're trying to ha- really hard to pick a fight with me. So if you want the fight, here it is. It's more, is it exactly. more that? Okay. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, though, for everybody. I think there are black people out there who that word specifically is extra protected. Do you agree? Yeah. And I, I think it's ridiculous. Like I find me and my boyfriend have this conversation all the time because he doesn't like it. If you're white, don't say that to him. There if are you definitely hear people on the radio who that's the thing, and they're right? rapping yeah. it. Yeah. Don't, you better bleep that part out. Don't say it. Right. Like, and I ask him all the time, why does that bother you? I don't care about that at all. Cause I, I have white friends and they have said it and I've seen people flip out and I'm like, who cares? Now, here's the thing, right, is I feel like if you're saying that, I'm not offended by it, but I might lose a little bit of respect for you because why are you saying that? Exactly. So let me let me read a little bit of what um, what you posted on Facebook and let's discuss some of this stuff. So uh, let's start here. So there's a post uh, recently, I don't know when, sometime this week, I think, where you said, do white people think they can handle a week in a black person's shoes, being followed in stores, constantly being harassed by police and white people, etc.? Um, so let's talk about that for a second. Do you think do you, do white people think they can handle a week in a black person's shoes? Um, we'll explain that, and then I'll ask you questions. But what do you mean by that? When and I should have been more specific, so I do apologize. I wasn't specific on that. I'm not. That's not for all white people, okay? Um, I know everyone gets followed from time to time. I get that. But I feel like for Black people, it's been taken. They do too much. Like, why Why does it have to go to this type of extent, you know? And mm-hmm. I say that from, like, last summer, my son was um, outside, and we just got a new um we got a neighbor and he wanted to play with little boy. He called little boy over to play. Mm-hmm. And the mom said, you're too black to, pay, to play with my son. Mm. Both of those boys look hurt. Mm. And I was mm. so livid. Like I wanted to go off, but my mommy instinct was like, cater to him right now. Cause he's about to burst out in tears. That's yeah, so shame, disrespectful on so many her. different levels. Shame on and her then for that. Yeah. I had one person tell me I was in giant mm-hmm. and we were in the supermarket and I was getting groceries and it was just my daughter with me because my son was in school mm-hmm. and I'm at camp because it was also the summertime. He was at summer camp. Mm-hmm. And the lady was like, oh my goodness, she's so cute. First she asked me, was she mixed? Because my daughter has really, just like mine, but a little bit more curlier than mine, like mm-hmm. extremely curly hair. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, was she mixed? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, are you mixed? Like she kept trying to, I, it felt like get me to say I have white somewhere in, you uh-huh. know? And I'm like, no. And then she was like, oh, well, she's cute for a black girl. Excuse me? Uh, 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 Why uh. can't she just be cute? Right. Like, yeah, that was offensive. Serious? That was offensive, for sure. And it's like, even... But, 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 but got, she's an idiot, though. Yeah. She's an idiot. Like, hey, look, if I'm, at the, if I'm at the liquor store 
and there's a bum standing outside of the liquor store who's out of his fucking mind, right? He's out of his mind. He's been drinking, doing drugs, whatever, and he's standing out there talking to himself, going, blah, 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 blah. If he goes, hey, you know, aliens are landing. I'm not taking that seriously. I'm going, man, get away from me. You're out of your mind. That's the way I deal with that type of energy. When people say shit like that, I go, you don't get it. You're out of your mind. Yeah, and it's, it's not like just that. that. It's also with police also. It goes to another situation. I was in Walmart and um, I was going to my car mm-hmm. and I did look like a bum. I'm not even going to lie because Saturday morning, you just try to get what you need so you can do your house clean and I don't care about being cute. Mm-hmm. So I had on just like some sweatpants and like it looked like an old dirty t-shirt. Like mm-hmm. I'm cleaning, but I need mm-hmm. to put on something good for it. Mm-hmm. So I get to my car and like I had, I already knew I needed a new key battery and I've been using the key all week to unlock the door manually. Mm-hmm. So I press the button. It's not working. I'm like, okay, fine. So I take the key and you have to, the way my um, handle is, mm-hmm. the lock is hidden under the handle. You mm-hmm. have to take the door handle. The key is like, it opens the handle to come off and then you can do it manually. Okay. If that makes sense. So yeah. So it looked like you were breaking into the cars, which you're about to say. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I get that, that it looks like that. Yeah, yeah. So once they saw that, like I put the key in the door and turned it. Cause I saw the cop. I completely yeah. saw him. Yeah, he was yeah. sitting right there. Yeah. And the part that irritated me, he's always there. Uh-huh. And I always see him. I speak to him. I never thought we would ever have an issue. Right. And I put the key in the door and I turn it. And like, as soon as I turn it, it, it gives you five seconds to start it for the alarm goes off. Uh-huh. So I hurried up and started the ignition. Uh-huh. Got the trunk, started loading my stuff in the trunk. Told my son, put his sister in the seat while I'm putting the groceries in. So you see, you see the two car seats in my seat in my uh-huh. car. Uh-huh. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you coming over here? And who's who's stealing a car with their kid and getting some groceries? <laughs> Thank you. Like, are you serious? And then he was like, ma'am, whose car are you breaking into? I said, officer, this is my car. And my handle still wasn't back on. And it was like, it was on my seat. And I was like, oh. and I grabbed it. I said, this is the handle. You have to take it off. And I closed the door. I said, you have to take it off. And I pointed to the door. I said, see, the lock is under it. Uh-huh. You have to take that off to unlock it. Uh-huh. And my key isn't working. Uh-huh. And he was like, well, I don't believe you. I need to see your registration. Uh-huh. So I pulled it out. And on my insurance, it's my name and my dad's name. Because mm-hmm. I'm also on his policy. Uh-huh. So automatically he ignored my name and he was like, this is Samuel Myers car. I'm like, if you look at the registration, it says my name. It does not say my father's name. Right. He was like, Who did you steal this car from? So I guess they look my dad up and they see that he's an old man. He said, so you're just robbing 70 year old men he said, no, that's my father. He pays for my insurance. This is my car. But you didn't but like, man, like, didn't you? Fu- I, I'm yeah, that's bullshit. D- he, what did he say when you showed him the registration with your name on it though? He thought it was made up. He oh. thought it wasn't real. He still put me in handcuffs. My really? kids are sitting. Yes, my kids are in the back seat of my car. I'm in handcuffs wow. standing in front of the police car. That's and bullshit. Thank God a member of my dad's church saw every yes, child. You're not getting any more gummies. Yeah, good job. Goodbye. It's not happening. <laughs> you know it's not happening. But um, a member of my church, of, of my dad's church, saw what was going on, uh-huh. and they started a scene. So mm. people just started crowding. Walmart employees who know us, who've seen me there before, they know my car. 
they're like, that's her car. What are you talking about? Right. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I was literally there for about 45. Oh, yeah. She's just going to keep calling me. Okay. <laughs> I was there for about 45 minutes and they um, finally decided to let me go. Uh, uh, so yeah. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Like, I'm at a grocery store. And one of the comments that really made me mad with him when he was putting me in handcuffs, he told me, I look like I cannot afford this car. Yeah. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Because I'm yeah. thinking that it's because I'm in like sweats and a dirty T-shirt. I look a little bummish. That's what I'm thinking. Right. But then I find out later on that the county actually fired him for other um, racial things that he was doing to other people. Right. So he was actually a racist. So when I made that post, right. it wasn't for all of white people. Right. It was. And that's why I'm like, I should have been more specific because it was for people who do stuff like that. And see, here's the thing. And you're 100% right. Okay. He was an idiot. What he did was absolutely wrong. And it was, and it was offensive. And I'm glad that he got fired. Right. And yeah. he, he's not Grab the only tablet. one. Give me one second. I'm so sorry. No, no the problem. tablet. Yes, the tablet. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I have a five-year-old son. And, uh, and I know that move right there. That's like, okay, look, <laughs> the only way we're going to get this done now is give them the tablet, get out of my face. I get it. I yep. get it. And I, I have to put a timer on it because bye Bella, I have to put a timer on it because if I don't, she'll play it all day. And we'll oh, absolutely. Dinner. Absolutely. So I have a timer for the morning times uh-huh. because like I'm normally work with my son for about two hours. Uh-huh. She has two hours and 15 minutes in the morning. Uh-huh. And then whatever, she has two timers. Cause I only let her use it twice a day. You're mm-hmm. not going to be sitting on this electronic all day. Totally. totally. And then the second time it t- cuts off after an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We have the same thing at home. We have, uh, my daughters have an hour and a half of screen time a day. I mean, you got to do it. Otherwise they'll just zone out all day. And I let uh, them pick. You're either going to do your gaming or you're going to do TV. It's not going to be both. We're doing one or the other. Yep. You better split it up. Uh, they hate it. So they like being home with Pop Pop more than Mommy. But hey, you're quarantined with Mommy. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm the same, honestly. When the kids are home with me, I don't care what they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, 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 so let me ask you this. So let me say this. I, I'm trying to remember what I was saying. But I was basically just saying, I think this is the thing that, that happens, right? Is you made the post, you, you really meant it about a specific situation, about a specific person, a specific incident, right? Um, where you were probably, you know, treated differently because of the color of your skin. That happened. I never deny that this, that this situation occurs. I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like racism doesn't exist in the world, okay? That's not my standpoint. It does. And that situation that you just dealt with, definitely sounded like he treated you unfairly and was rude to you and treated you differently because of the color of your skin. Now, he might have treated a white person similarly. He might have still approached a white person who pulled the handle off their door and looked like they were, he might have still thought you were trying to steal your car, but he might have approached the situation differently and might have gone to a different place, right? He might have just been like, oh, okay, this is your car, here's your registry, okay, bye. It might have stopped there. Who knows? Who knows? We'll never know. Here's the thing. When you make a post like that, and you already said I should have I should have worded that differently. Right. But when you make a post like that, there are people who maybe don't have racist tendencies and they see that and they feel unfairly attacked. And I think I see 
not always, but I see commonly a lack of regard from black folks towards white folks about the racism that they're subjected to, about the unfair treatment that they're subjected to, because there are white people out here who are human beings and don't care about the color of their skin or mine or yours, and they're sweet, and they just love people for being people. And when they see something like that, I wonder, does anybody think about how they might feel, or is it wrong to have sympathy for them because of what their great-great-great-grandparents did. You see what I mean? Yeah. And or, or like, because of what I, the I asshole I get that 100%. Did. That's why, like, afterwards, they actually locked my comments. So I couldn't mm. say anything. Mm. And it was, like, as I was, like, still reading, like, what people were posting. Yeah. And actually, one of the ladies actually um, inboxed me. And mm. we mm. had a beautiful conversation. Mm. And... When, if, when you start reading her comments, she looks like she's being aggressive, like she took offense to it and she's mad and pissed off because she was trying to make it seem like I was just making it all up. She was saying, when do you remember the first time you were called that and mm-hmm. your stories are getting outrageous? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you've never lived that. So how do you know? Okay. So then like we actually started talking on Messenger mm-hmm. and she took it to I don't know if you heard of the Red Table Talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jada, she took Jada it. Jada she Jada. actually took it to that. Yeah, uh-huh. they did a segment on, and it was so funny because I I watched that segment a lot. I've even sent it to a couple of my friends. Uh-huh. They did a segment a segment on race, uh-huh. and she was like, "That helped me open my eyes because I'm from a small town, and we don't really deal with that because we're mostly white." Right. So I'm right. like, and the more we're, we were talking, and I was explaining everything to her, she actually felt a whole lot better that I explained to her what I meant because she. Because she also said it felt like it was just generated to the whole race. Uh-huh. And when she said that, like that hit me. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I meant. I get it now. I right. understand how you can take it like that. Mm-hmm. And because when I started explaining to her the situations and stuff, she was like, oh my God, that's awful. Your daughter's only three, your son's only seven. Who would do such a thing? They're right. terrible. And it's like, she's also a mom, she also has a son. And we started connecting on points and stuff. Like she complimented me on how nice my bun was looking and how she liked my pictures. And see? I complimented her on her eyebrows. Cause as you can see, mine are hidden right now. <laughs> the see, closed, okay? th- this is the same thing as that girl that you didn't like in high school. Right. Once yeah. you're forced yeah. to have this conversation. Oh, wait a minute. We're the same. Oh, wait a minute. I actually like you a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. This whole racist shit is bullshit. That's what I'm trying to say. I feel like I I do feel like that it's blown way more out of content than what it should be. Let me ask you this. Do you feel I think this conversation is actually going to a, a really nice place and I'm excited for people to hear this. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to shed light on this idea that like instead of these groups being black people and white people, the group should be people who have a heart and care about each other or, and just j- base, judge people based on their character of who they are and people who are ignorant. That should be the two groups, not group of black and white, but group of basically not ignorant and ignorant and let those two people not like each other, right? Let you and me and white people, Mexican people who all love each other, let us be a group. And when people say disrespectful shit based on race or culture, religion, anything else, let us together look at them as like, those are the outsiders. Okay. You guys are still stuck on the stupid shit. Fuck you guys. But we're over here in our world, loving each other, 
having a good time, not on this bullshit, right? Like those are the two groups that I think, and this is the thing is that those groups are out there, but we're not collectivized. We're not looking at let's join hands with these white people who care about us based on us, black people who don't hate white people, Mexicans who don't hate everybody outside of them. Let's all join with them and identify with them as our family as closely as at times black people have identified with only blacks as like we're family got to look out for us no us ig- not ignorant people got to look out for us and band together that tightly that's the community that's what i'm trying to show is that um do you first of all do you do you agree with that at all i i'm i'm on the fence about that and i say i would prefer a group like that wholeheartedly because i feel like everyone if you think about it, what's on the inside, we all got the same organs. We all bleed the same color. Like, only thing that's different is the color of our skin. And that shouldn't matter at all. No. But I feel like people go towards more. I feel like if they, if you have both of those groups up, you're still going to have a whole lot more in the black and white versus all. Because I, and I, I look at it as, I see more people looking at it as, a black and white situation like their slavery's over but they're still enslaved to how the concept was okay i'm saying let me make this let me make this math i agree with you i mm, i i I think i can agree with you let me make this math though right so let's say you've got black people as a whole and let's say you've got and i'm just throwing a number out there this is like how would anybody even know this number let's say you've got 30 percent of black people who don't care about race at all. I just love who I love, right? And 70% of people who are like, no, nah, I'm pro-black. That's it. And then let's say white people, you got the same. Just to keep it simple. 30% of them are like, I love who I love. 70% are like, no, I prefer white people over black people, okay? Now, that means you've got a little group of 30% of white people trying to fight for love, and you got a little group of 30% of black people separately trying to fight for love. And against this big group of 70% and 70% who are like still kind of racist or whatever, right? So that's what I'm trying to say. Now, if you ha- if those two small groups, the only way that they can actually have a little bit louder voice and start to overtake the larger group is they've got to band together. See, that's the problem is that group of loving white people and loving black people and loving Mexican people, they haven't looked at each other and said, hey, we're family. We think the same way. We're looking towards a future at a society that's all together as one and not judging each other based on economics or based on race or based on differences in culture and all that. We're looking at people as you're a good person. I'm a good person. That's all that matters. Anything else after that? I don't care what kind of food you like, music. I don't have to like the same song as you to love you or to be friends with you or at least to respect you at the very least. I don't have to care about the same things. I don't have to be into the same type of books. I don't have to go to the same place. I don't have to wear the same clothes. I don't care. Look, I got friends, they dress different. It's not even a thing. I don't care what you wear. That's to me, you know. So what I'm saying is that I feel like those groups of people who do look at things that way should collectivize and will be more powerful together. And that's how we can start to speed up progress towards that becoming the majority versus the minority. So you've got two groups that are already the minority. Oh, Bless me. you. Thank you. And then they're, and then at that, they're fragmented. They're not joining forces together. They're not communicating. They're not, they're not collected. So, so that's my point is that, you know, even though maybe there are more people out there who are ignorant or who's still stuck in old ways, who cares about them? What we care about is creating our world over here. And in time, 
I think that we can infect the masses with this love and sensibility and logic. And there can, you know, it takes time as it's taken time to get even where we are now compared to the fifties and the, you know, long time ago, civil rights times, like we've come a long way. And I think us banding together, that's what I'm trying to say is this is a pivotal moment. See, the thing that changed is the internet. See, like when, like when we talked about that friend that you had in high school and until you guys were forced together, you didn't realize that you were actually good friends. The internet is doing that at scale because before the internet, we were all able to stay on our own sides of town and in our own little conversations and never hear each other, never know each other. But look what Facebook and Instagram and all this shit does. It forces us all into the same room. So now I can't sit here and make assumptions about how these people are because they're right there and they're talking to me every day, right? I'm connected to you. Look how I'm connected to you right now. I'm connecting to people all over the country. There's no more mystery. Hate loves to live in the shadows of the mystery, the unknown, the fear. The fear all comes from unknowing. So if I don't know how you people are, if I don't know how you people are, I think that maybe you hate me. And so maybe I hate you. And if my dad tells me that they hate us and we don't like them, and I never talk to you in person and know, well, I'm just going to learn the same hate and racism from the generations before and then it never has a chance to have a break in the pattern because we never talk directly to realize, actually, you like hair, I like hair. We like fucking whatever this movie, I own it's my favorite movie too. Hey, did we just become best friends? That never has a chance to happen until now. You know what I'm no, saying? I agree with that. And at the same time, I feel like within that group, some people are scared. And the reason why I say that my mm-hmm. brother's ex-girlfriend is actually white. Mm-hmm. Her family her entire family except her mom and her dad are actually racist. My old and my um, old employer, uh-huh. her mom was racist. She married a Spanish person. Mm-hmm. They thought that that was her butler. Yeah. They refused yeah. to go to the wedding. Yeah. They didn't want no parts of him. Sure. And sure. whenever she knew her mom was coming, she would let me, I would still get my full hours of pay, uh-huh. but she would let me leave early. So I didn't have to encounter that. Right. Because right. she knew how her mom was. Now, my brother did encounter it with um, his ex, my, mm-hmm. um, his ex um, family. Mm-hmm. And he actually found out that a few of them were actually members of the KKK. Mm-hmm. And he was terrified. I'm sure. And it's like, you can you can break the cycle. But at, when they found out that she was with the black man, mm-hmm. they disowned her. They wanted right. nothing to do with her. So we right. ended up having to move her in our house. I, 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 I acknowledge that that happened. And I also acknowledge that that's fucked up. What I'm wondering is, do you acknowledge, can you acknowledge, and you can disagree with me, but I, this is what I've seen with my own two eyes. The same thing happens when a black guy brings a white girl home. Yes. The same thing happens. Yes. And, and as the reason why I say yes is because when None of us had, my aunt married a white man. Mm-hmm. None of us had, well, cousin wise. Mm-hmm. None of us had issue with that. I don't know mm-hmm. if my dad and his sisters and brothers well, had not, And not every family's the same. But yeah, yeah, but cousin wise, we did. But mm-hmm. when my brother brought her home, me and one of my friends, we both gave each other the look like, mm-hmm. you see, she's white. Right. And I do acknowledge I was wrong for that. I'm not saying that's okay. Mm-hmm. I was wrong for that. Mm-hmm. but. 
that was the first thing that came out because Mm -hmm. the last relationship he was in, they were engaged in everything and ready to get married. Mm -hmm. She was black. Mm -hmm. And then just randomly, you tell me you've been dating this girl for about six months and you like her, you want her to meet me. Mm -hmm. And you don't tell me she's white. And when me and him was talking about it, he, he told me, he told me and my friend, he was like, you guys are small minded. Why does it matter that she's white? Like, why is that even a factor? And sitting back, when I thought about it, I was like, damn, that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was ignorant of me. Well, so you I know what it girl is? Out to lunch. It's, you know what it is? It's a, and I'll let you finish. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You know what it is though? You didn't even think about it. It's a habit. It's part of the culture that we're supposed to be shocked by that. We don't even stop and ask ourselves, why do I give a fuck about that? I didn't even take a chance to meet this woman. She might be the sweetest, coolest person on the planet, but I immediately, that's where racism lives. It's in that habitual, not even thinking about it, reactive, just like, oh, it's this. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And it's like, I took her out to lunch just so I could get to know her. Mm-hmm. And she was a sweet girl. Like she had goals. She had like, she, she wanted, she wanted life out of life. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And she even, I mean, hell, she did a better discount than black people. Okay. <laughs> like cause she worked, she uh, worked for eye doctor's office uh-huh. and the glasses I picked was about almost, I think it was a little over 800 and I only uh-huh. paid 150. Oh, so I'm like, shit, like, <laughs> you better than the rest of us, honey, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. like, and I, I was talking to my mom about it and my mom was like, you should be ashamed of yourself. How would Sarah feel if she knew that that was how you reacted? And Sarah was my childhood friend uh-huh. who that I still talk to from time to time who was white. And right. I was like, damn, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about how, and then she was like, how would your cousin feel? Because my cousins have white, have black. And I'm like, I didn't think about that either. Right. right. And I'm like, you know what? That's when I started looking at things differently. Even when I get into an argument, like all before, if I would get into an argument with a white person and they bring up race, mm-hmm. I'm taking it straight to the books. We're going to, we're going down to this argument. Mm-hmm. But now if I get into an argument with someone, why, for what, mm-hmm. what does my race have to do with what we're arguing about? Like Absolutely. I'm not as blown up unless you touch me. Right. Of course. And as for then, Oh, I'm blowing up. I'm bringing up history and I might even touch you. Right. And right. now it's like, for what, what does that have to right. do with it? I think another, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, and, and see, you are a person who strikes me as like being open-minded, open to change. Even if you make a mistake, you have no problem admitting I made a mistake and let me get better from there. That's all that it takes is that nobody's perfect. But if you realize, wait, there's a better way to do this, then go that way. I think another one of those habitual things, just like you had that knee jerk reaction when you saw that your brother brought home a white lady and you go, wait a minute, what is this? Right. Another one of those habitual things that we're doing and we don't realize, wait, this isn't right, but it's just a habit is I feel like it's so acceptable to openly be racist aggressively towards white people. I feel like that's a thing. I feel like it's like, and the, and it's always the same thing. Well, they did this and we've been oppressed. So they don't get it. They don't get to be feel bad. No, what feel bad about us? Two wrongs don't make a right. Right. That's the whole thing. And it sounds cliche, but it's true. Two wrongs don't make a right because there's a segment of white people who are who if there's of course, there's bad history. 
Of course, there's this generational thing that because for generations, black people had less opportunities and less money and less education, that we're still fighting to create an equality today. That's true, right? None of that justifies being openly racist towards an entire race, an entire group of people. That makes you no better than the people you're talking about. No better and no different. 100% correct. And And I feel like there's so many people out there who feel like they are an exception, that black people as a whole are an exception and have a card where they're like, get out of being racist, free pass. And I'm, I'm personally, I wouldn't say I'm sick of it. It does bother me, but I feel like that's a big part of the problem. We can never really change it if both people are putting a, a flag in the ground and going, I get to be racist or, I, you know, it's hard to break down that divide um, until we can get past that, that habitual way of thinking that, you know, they, I can say whatever I want about white people and they just got to take it because slavery and X, 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 Y, Z, you know what I'm saying? You can't, I feel you like, can't do that. I, f- I feel like it, it's not just like, yeah, that's how people are like trained, raised, however you want to call it. And I feel sure. like it goes a step further because if you go to the school system, you only learn a lot about black history or what African-American, who, whatever's, whatever's preferred, yeah. only in February. Agree. But then you learn about Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Bush, uh, Columbus, all through the year. For Black people, you have to do your own research to find out your own information. And I feel like if they actually add that in with the whole year of lessons like they do with everything else, I feel like a lot of our young black children will get a whole lot better perspective because when you get online and start doing research, it's like, oh, this person invented this, but why is this person's name on it? Or this person started this movement. Why is this person taking credit for it? And then you get these slavery pictures popping up. And it's like what really needs to be, I feel like what really needs to be done, it needs to be taught at home as well in the schools. Sure, sure. I'll take it even, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I share the same idea and I'll take it even one step further, right? And tell me how you feel about this. Okay, two things, Black History Month and we'll talk about BET, the channel, Black Entertainment Television, okay? There was a time in the public education system where teachers taught about Blacks, zero. There was no education about Black people. If it was, it was... 100% contorted to just, you know, continue to facilitate this idea of black people as servants and slaves. And so that was all the history or teaching you were going to get about black people, black culture was they're slaves, they're, you know, beneath, whatever. And there was also a time where black people couldn't get leading roles in Hollywood, right? They couldn't get prestigious roles. They couldn't get uh, roles as, you know, a businessman or a hero or any of that kind of stuff. Um, all the only roles that they might've gotten was typecast as like slaves or servants. And that was it. That was all you were going to get. So black history month was established because it came to a realization that there needs to be more teaching about blacks aside from just that they're slaves. And I'm sure in the beginning, I wasn't in school when they first implemented black history month. I bet at the beginning, it wasn't much better. It was probably a little bit better here. Let's talk about slaves more. And then, oh yeah, this one guy invented something. That's probably what it was. It's evolved a little bit, but honestly, 
from my understanding, it hasn't gone that much further, right? It's still pretty much, oh, February, let's talk about fucking slavery again, right? And then BET, they established BET because they're like, look, we need to give black people a place to have prestigious roles, normal roles, and not just be typecast as slaves and servants. Both of those things served an immediately needed overdue purpose at the time and are some of the best things that have ever happened in terms of civil rights and equality and changing the perception of black people in America. So kudos to that. But this is the thing. The same solution doesn't work for step A as it does for step X, Y, and Z. I feel like we're at a place now in 2020 where, in all honesty, focusing on black history, kind of like what you just said, in only February, all that does is put a cap on it and say, well, since we talk about black history in February, that's where we talk about it, remember? So we don't need to even feel bad about it or address it for the rest of the year. And the Mm -hmm. same thing with BET. BET is like, well, that's where all the black shows go. So, you know, put that there. And also another thing about BET that I personally feel is that they show a very specific type of black culture on BET, which for anybody else outside of the black culture can only really reinforce an idea that all black people are this way is what you see on BET, which is not true. And that puts a cap again and a label and a stigma on black people. And for people who don't frequently interact with black people and that's their only exposure is BET, well, then that's going to be their entire idea is what they see on BET or another news media or whatever like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like both of those things are, to me, holding us back at this point from further progress more than at one time, which they were such a necessity and they were helpful. I feel like if we got rid of Black History Month, got rid of BET, it seems scary because it's like, well, if we get rid of Black History Month, they're not going to talk about us at all. Or maybe they'll talk about Black history throughout the year as they should all year long, right? I'm going to piggyback off of that. I feel like if because you, you you, and I both know they, they're not going to want to get rid of that because it's, it's going to turn into something bigger than what it already is. I feel like for BET, because I've also seen this on BET, mm-hmm. when they go into the depths of Black people or Black culture, they also do that in Black History Month. That's not fair. True. If you're supposed to be a Black entertainment, you you need to cover it all, all year round. It's not fair that you only put how hardworking we are, how how much we care, loving, whatever you want to say, why would you only do like the rest of the world and put it just in February? You want to know because why? Because you got them thinking that we're hoodlums, this, that, right. and the third. Right, right. That's not okay. No. That's not okay at all. Just like Uber came along and disrupted the taxi cab companies, right? So we were all just like, well, this is what we do when we need a taxi. I mean, we call the taxi and they come and they... It was a habit. So nobody questions it. All of a sudden, somebody comes along and says, how about a new way to do it? That's way better. And all of a sudden, the entire industry is revolutionized, right? BET and Black History Month are yellow cab. That is the old way of doing it that everybody is used to. And I feel like a disruption and Uber needs to come along and change the way, disrupt the way that we talk about Black people, Black history, Black culture in America in a completely different way. It's ready for a disruption. It's outdated. That's what I think. And I feel like for, um, for if they want to get rid of Black History Month, perfectly fine by me. Mm-hmm. But Black history needs to also be put in the lesson plan. 
I didn't say get rid of black history, but why are we capping it yeah. in February? Why, and, why and, does it have to and, be just a month? It needs to be I, tied I, into the lesson plan. And I'm not a conspiracy person, but I know how the thinking was around the time when these types of things were implemented. Is it kind of ironic that it's the shortest month of the year? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? That's just a little bit of like, okay, that's funny. But yes, yeah. uncap it, right? Let's talk about black history when it's relevant. And let's stop fucking calling it black history. Let's just talk about history. And the stories yeah. are But all I also good. feel like the schools also try to minimize it. And I and when I say that mm. back in February, they mm. wanted um kids, they wanted all the students to do to pick a famous African American in history uh-huh. and write a book report. Uh-huh. But then and I I wish I wish I knew I was doing this today so I could have that paper because I wanted uh-huh. to show you that paper. Uh-huh. I literally wanted to go smack my son's teacher. Uh-huh. They gave a list of who you cannot pick. Uh, why can't I pick who my idol is? Because when I did that in school, one year I picked Oprah. Okay. Another year I picked Babe Ruth. I love Oprah. Um, I look up to Oprah. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm so obsessed with Oprah. Well, I was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lost her mind now. (laughs) But um, (laughs) she was on the list. You can't, you can't pick her. Yeah. You can't pick Babe Ruth. You can't pick Michael Jordan. You can't pick Shaquille O'Neal. You can't pick, and this is one of the ones that really- Any reasoning for that? Those are icons, all of them. Right. And this is one that really pissed me off. You can't pick Martin Luther King. You can't pick Rosa Parks. And you can't pick Malcolm X. Excuse me? You know what, though? And I don't know, right? Because I didn't see it. But maybe what they were trying to do by that, and I don't know, but maybe what they were trying to do was say, okay, everybody knows about them go out and find other people too because there are more unsung heroes out there. Just taking an optimistic possible approach on it. There are other people out there who we don't know about. We always talk about Oprah and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. Why don't we look for some of the other heroes out there, do some more research? Maybe that was part of it. Do you think or no? I, I thought that in the beginning because once once all that was um over and at the, earlier on in the year, because they did a report or they just did a history report in January. She wanted she wanted the students to pick someone and write a report on. It. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she didn't say who you could not pick then. Mm-hmm. So it's like if in, if in February you're going to say these people you cannot pick, why for the other history reports? Why didn't you say you can't pick George Washington? Mm. Why didn't you say you can't pick Abraham Lincoln? Right, right, right. Um, whoever else. Why Why wasn't there a list of who you can't pick that is not Black? You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, why do we only have a list of Black people that we cannot pick? I felt like that was highly unfair. Did you have that conversation with her? No, because I was going to have an attitude, and that I, lady scared me. Okay, but look, here's the thing, and this is a possibility. It could be, we know so much about all these white people. Go find more Black heroes. It's a chance that if you had that conversation with her, and had that communication, she may have actually been on some bullshit. And then you could have called her on her bullshit and said, hey, you know, in a, in a, in a graceful way, you could have said, Hey, I don't agree with the way that you did that. Or honestly, you might've found out that- rude. she's always on bullshit. That lady talks okay. in circles. So I don't ask her questions about anything. Some people are hey, idiots or come in all colors and she could have been an idiot for sure. Uh, one of the things that I found out recently through Netflix, right? Did you see the Madam C.J. Walker uh, miniseries? Did you watch that on Netflix? Yes, and it pissed me off. They don't lost their mind. They need to fix that. Why? What happened? 
I actually studied Madam C.J. Walker. First of all, I don't know how they came up with that character because that was not her original mentor. I don't I don't know who that lady was. Uh-huh. Um, not only just the, the hair care products, it was something else they said that the lady invented. I think uh-huh. they said the other lady invented Marcel's or something, uh-huh. which also is not true because the person who invented Marcel's name is Marcel. Right. So it's like... Okay, but so, but so, but so, those two little details, and so here's the thing, right? I don't know her story. This was the first time I got exposed to it, which I was embarrassed about the fact that I didn't know about her because I'm an entrepreneur. So for me, business is very important. And what I was the most shocked about was that this lady was the first female entrepreneur millionaire in America, and she's black. Why is she not as iconic and well known and spoken about as? Anybody else, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, she's a pioneer. She's a trailblazer. It's shocking to me that she's not a household name. I had never heard her name. Personally, I haven't. She, she, is, in, she is in beautician household. No, but I mean in the world. And what she did in business is monumental for women yeah. in general, Yeah. let alone being a black woman. That should be, everybody should know who the first female millionaire entrepreneur in the world was, regardless of color. Everybody should know that. Everybody should know that. All female entrepreneurs should at least be, successful ones should be referencing her. Why isn't her name spoken about? And I'm sure that's why they felt like it was a relevant story to tell, And aside from it being interesting. But I was really, really And partially incorrect. I'm sure, I'm sure there were, you know, I was mad the way they messed up the NWA story a little bit, but that's a different thing. So yeah, I, whenever yeah. they make these movies, they make them for entertainment. <laughs> Sometimes they change stuff around a little bit for entertainment purposes. They don't do it strictly like a biography. You know, they go, oh, this will be more and, and that was the part that frustrated me because they tried to advertise it as that it's completely about her and, uh-huh. and no, no. Well, it's I, I still gained a lot of respect for somebody I didn't know about before that. Yeah, it just and gives you the basics. It gives you the basics. And look, at the end of the day, it's a positive thing because I walked away from it. And I'm sure many other people going, wow, I didn't know the first female entrepreneur millionaire in the country was black. And I didn't know her. I didn't know anything about her story. That's a piece of knowledge I'll take with me for the rest of my life. And I'm glad that I know that now, you know, and I think that's super impressive. And I'm just I, and it just made me think. Why and how was that story uh, not uncovered and spoken about much, much sooner? That's the thing for me is it's a clue about how many other stories might be out there that are so significant to our our history and our culture uh, as Americans, not as blacks, but as Americans that we aren't talking about. Um, And I think there's probably many. And so that's what I think happens when you uncap Black History Month, you know, and, you know, and just talk about it as history. But you're right. There needs to be some sort of structure in place to make sure that when you say, OK, no more Black History Month, that it doesn't somehow start to slowly digress and just disappear off the off the map. Yeah. But I yeah. think we're at a place where that won't happen. Um, I think I think with a little bit of structure, I think it would actually expand. I think we'll talk about it all year long when it's relevant, you know. Um, so. Uh, and I also I've, I've, I've seen from time to time and it I've, I've asked this question before but uh-huh. i've only asked it on my facebook i've never asked it in the group uh-huh. but and it's actually two black people what about your history makes you not want to talk about it right right like right. you have your ancestors and then you have civil rights leaders who fought walked the walk talk the talk whatever you want to call it what about that embarrass you 
What about that makes you not want to embrace it? What about that makes you want to hide from it? Right. Why don't you want to know? Right. And then when you find out a little bit of information, why don't you go into more? Why don't you find out more about them? I don't understand why black people, why some, I'm not going to say all, some black people are embarrassed about their history and don't want to know about it. And when it gets brought up, you can see them like cringe to just the the thought of it. I think this, right? And that's a good question. I think, I can't speak for everybody, but what would make sense to me is that um, slavery is so, so connected to the word black history, right? When you think black history, it's almost synonymous with slavery. And I think for people, especially probably for white people, who are less exposed to black history. There are a lot of black people who take more time to learn about more black history in depth and not as many people of other cultures or other races probably have taken as much time to study it as much. And so for a lot of people, I think when they hear black history, they hear slavery. And I think if you are a black person in America today trying to move on and disconnect yourself from slavery and just be a person in the world, and not be looked at as somebody who comes from the descendants of slavery, then I can understand how you're like, look, I don't want to talk about the past anymore. Fuck the past. It's ugly. Let's talk about me here today and what we're going to do tomorrow. Maybe that's a thing. Well, I would hope so. Cause I, I just, I, I never understood that. And that was always, that frustrated me more than a racist white person. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm probably that way. I understand black history. We've all talked about fuck that history. I don't want to talk about history anymore. I want to talk about where are we going to be tomorrow? Cause that's more important. They're both important, but what's more important is tomorrow. If we have to pick between yesterday and tomorrow, which one's more important. Yeah. But if you talked about it, you understand it. I can understand why you have that concept, Yeah. but if you don't understand it, how can you move forward without knowing where you came from? Yeah, true, but you can. I mean, that's an old cliche saying too, but you can. If you don't have to know everything about slavery, and actually, you know what? Maybe knowing too much about the history will taint your ideas of tomorrow. Maybe knowing too much, and I, it, I, I understand that. And I think that's already happened. That. Yeah, I think I, I don't want to. I think that's already happened. I, I agree with that. I don't want to paint tomorrow in the ideas of yesterday. Yesterday was broken as fuck. Yesterday was ugly. I understand that, but I, let's stop de- digging deeper into that and painting tomorrow with the understanding of yesterday. Fuck yesterday for a second. Let's paint a brand new tomorrow. Let's put some new colors on the palette. Let's paint a brand new tomorrow. Tomorrow looks much, much different than yesterday. Different worlds. And, and, and that goes with both races because also going back to the post that I made, another person was like, well, I, I'm not going to apologize for my ancestors, for what they did to your ancestors. And and that's the part that really frustrates me with with a lot of white people, even the ones who aren't racist. Uh-huh. No one's asking you for an apology. Mm. Why can't you ah, ah, just but, ah, acknowledge but, but, no, 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 but here's that where you're it wrong. happened? Here's where you're wrong, right? Because you're not looking at it from their shoes and what they see every day. You're looking at that one conversation that you're having with them. And maybe you're not asking for an apology for what their ancestors did. But I promise you, two posts ago or three days ago, somebody else black did ask them for an apology for what their ancestors did. Because it happened. And it goes to the black people. What do you need an apology for them for? That's what I'm one, saying. Get they off didn't of do it. it. Two, no. it didn't happen to you. So, exactly. And, and that, that's how I look at it. As, that's why that's why I get so annoyed when I see I'm not going to pop. 
I didn't ask you for an apology. But but see, this is the thing is like, that's what they've been exposed to. So they're shell shocked a little bit. That's what I mean. We got to turn the tables here and actually start to have a little bit of sympathy for what white people who are not racist may have been exposed to unfairly over the last 10, 20 years as they've been trying to go through their life as a normal person. And maybe oftentimes, not every time when they come in contact with a black person, they're walking on eggshells. If they look the wrong way, if they say the wrong thing, immediately they're a racist. If they say anything, they're like, well, what your ancestors did is like somebody is doing that to them to make them that's so on the surface for them now that if you say something, they go, oh, she's going to attack me about this shit. I didn't do anything like they're on the (laughs) fence now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can see that. And I'm just like, like, I, I, I do understand that. And it's, I feel like it's actually, I feel like it's going in a circle, if that makes, you call it karma, if you will. Okay. Even okay. though back then, Black people were physically enslaved mm-hmm. by white people, mm-hmm. I feel as though there are races in each culture, but I feel like now Black people are mentally enslaving white people by the ones who do feel like they deserve an apology for what happened to their ancestors or the ones who look at all white people the same. That is, that, that's what, that's what I, what I I, see. If that makes sense. No, no, no. I actually agree with you a hundred percent. I think that there are a lot of black people, the ones who treat white people that way. It almost seems like the sentiment is, Maybe in a generation or so, we'll get to a better place. But for today, I still feel like I need to get some revenge for what has happened. So until I feel satisfied with the amount of revenge we've gotten, it's not good. And I think that's where a lot of people stand in their heart and they're hurt and and they feel they feel that they need in order to get their pride in order to make things even and settle the score. They feel that they need to get that revenge and that's the way that they need to treat you until it feels like it's even now. And I think that's a broken way to go at it. And and I think until especially those people can stop and say, you know what? I'm not going to spend my whole life trying to get revenge for what has happened in the past. We're going to wipe the slate clean and let's see what we have today. People aren't willing to do that. They're harboring too much hate. They're harboring too much revenge, too much animosity, and now they're judging people who have done nothing to them coming with all that emotional baggage. And really all it is is pain. It's pain. They feel disrespected. They feel inferior in times. They feel like they're not getting fair chances. It feels, but but a lot of what ends up happening then is self-fulfilling prophecies. Because now I'm putting up a wall. How can I connect with you educationally or on business or build relationships? I'm creating now this world that I'm saying exists because I'm batting you away before we even have a chance to shake hands and maybe become business partners. Now maybe we're in business together. Now maybe we're best friends. Now maybe our kids play together. Now maybe I look at you as family and now I've raised my kids that, oh yeah, they're family and they, they grow up now. They're not racist because they've seen me and, and are their best friends, parents playing together. Like, putting up that wall now is the problem. Now, now the revenge thing, the wall, the animosity, all that. Now that actually is a bigger problem than slavery because that's, that's the problem today. I I feel like for the black folks who do feel like they, they deserve an apology Mm -hmm. or reimbursement and all of this, all this craziness, I feel like they need to sit down because I'm not going to lie. I was one of those black people. I was. 
I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've been there, done that. As was I. And my aunt sat me down and she started playing clips of when white people used to do crimes against black people back in the day, even as far as like the Emmett Till story. Mm-hmm. Like I still have that DVD. Mm-hmm. All yeah. his mama said was, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. That was my eye opener right there. Mm-hmm. You might not say I'm sorry, but I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and even with, even with the, the kids, I saw, matter of fact, I saw this clip on Facebook a couple of days ago. It was um, the little girls, they were talking about how they're riding their bikes and they were getting ready to pass through a white neighborhood. And out of nowhere, all these white kids started throwing rocks at them. Get out of here, nigger. This, that, and the third. Pulling on them, pushing them, doing whatsoever. And mm-hmm. they, they were saying they come into our neighborhood and we don't do that to them. Mm-hmm. They can go right through our neighborhood and we don't do that to them. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we go over there, they do that to us. And it makes me so mad, but my mama tell me I gotta forgive them. So that's what I gotta do. Right. And it's like if you if you look at how things were carried on then versus now, it's less we're human and I forgive you, and more I'm better than you and I hate you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where the divide is coming into. And I feel I feel like black people are push is pushing up the race issue more than the white people because i agree i feel like in every 200 white people you're gonna get like five races right i I I agree like in every 200 black people it's gonna be at least 50 i think you're understating it i think you're understating it i feel like i feel like it's more maybe more but but 50 fine we can be fair and say 50 but i feel like it's more than that but i but i agree with that sentiment that you're saying by percentage Black people today seem to have more racist feelings, more more of those kinds of harsh animosities towards the other races than even white people. And I think if we stop and we reevaluate fresh from today, we'll see that. And then you have to take a look at yourself and say, am I, am I the problem now? You know what I mean? Yeah, like um, what I go by every day, like when we, when we get up in the morning, we go, especially like when I'm going to work, the, my daughter's going to daycare, my son's going to school. What's our goal for today? Right. Did we wake up in a good mood? Right. What do I want to learn today? Right. What do I want to achieve at work today? What do I want to achieve at school today? Am Absolutely. I happy today? Absolutely. And I feel like, and this is for all races. I feel like everyone needs to sit back and put that mirror in front of you yeah. and just, what can I do to make things better? Like, like I said, well, my comments got turned off and I was reading other comments and I was seeing how it was taken on both sides. Mm. That's what really woke me up. And I'm like, okay, thanks for backing me up, but you're backing me up the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I would have explained it better, mm-hmm. I don't think that the ones who were backing me up would back me up at all. Mm, mm. Exactly. And I really believe exactly. that. I really oh, believe that. Or, or they would have identified with you, saw a different perspective from you than what they're used to seeing, and it might have made them question themselves and say, "That's interesting. That's not what I expect to hear." Right? And that's the thing is like now that I feel like even through this conversation, you and I have helped to hone each other's ideas about this and understand how we feel about this topic. Now is not the time to be quiet. Just as vocal as you've always been. You've got to be vocal with the perspective that, you know what, 
we've really got to take a look at ourselves and make sure that we're not spreading hate unfairly. We've got to drop whatever animosities we've have, and we got to move forward and look to the future because we got to we got to live and be happy. Look, opportunity is everywhere for us today. Anything we want to be, you can start a business online, you can get an education online. We still want those outlets like public school and the jobs that we want to be fair and equal. But at the end of the day, nobody can stop you, me, or anybody else from getting what we want to get. There are no barriers other than yourself in 2020. As long as you have an internet connection, you have everything there is to have in the world. As long as you got a phone, you're good. <laughs> as long as you got a phone, you can start a business. You can make friends around the world. You are mm-hmm. connected to everything there is out there. So, you know, I really just want, I want everybody realizing that today is a new day. We got to stop yeah. thinking like 1950 or even 2010. We got to be thinking like 2020 and let go of all the bullshit and move forward. You know what I mean? Like it's everywhere you go. It It's something. It's always going to be something, you know, yeah. like you might not encounter it, but maybe someone encountered it the week before. Maybe someone next week is going to encounter it. It all looks at how you how you handle it. And it had to take me being in those situations a couple of times to actually fix how I handled it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working on how I word stuff, which is why sure. I understand those comments. And I'm not mad at all. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm I'm still working on my delivery because mm-hmm. I could have it all together up here and know them to know the meeting, but what I actually put down, mm-hmm. you might not get it. You well, see, see, well, see how, like when that girl put gum in your hair and then, and then you thought it was this uh, white girl and then you found out it wasn't her, but you were kind of maybe embarrassed or shamed or whatever to even go back and correct it. And you just keep oh, going I was on. totally embarrassed. Totally. Right. And so the same thing happens now, right. Is that like you make a post, Oh, that's not really all what I meant. Shit gets out of control. It's that same feeling can happen where you're like, I don't want to go back and say I was wrong about that because that's embarrassing. But that's what really changes things is for, to come back and say, you know what? I thought about this more. This is the way I feel. Go back and correct yourself if you feel like you misspoke. Don't leave that misunderstanding out there for more people to keep feeding into it and going, yeah, that's the way it is. You know what I mean? I think correcting us when correcting ourselves when we make mistakes is important. And I think the other thing that we got to do is When something happens, even if somebody was wrong, like the way that police officer treated you or that lady in the Walmart, we've got to really try hard to identify that and isolate that as like that was that person and stop connecting that to all white people or all black people or all Mexican people. If that person did something ignorant, that person alone came up with those thoughts in their head and and perpetrated those actions and that's on you. But that doesn't mean that every single person that looks like you is that way. There's a lot of black people that do bad shit just like there's a lot of anybody else, right? And we wouldn't want to take the brunt of somebody else who's the same color of us as us, their actions, because they did something. I wouldn't want somebody reflecting that on me. That's not me. And that happens. And so that's the, that's the problem for all of us is trying to group people, which we, I think some of that we do instinctively. And we've got to try really hard to just judge people for their individual character. And I think we'll find a lot more friends than we will enemies. I agree with that. I can agree with that. 100%. Boom. All right. Time for some lunch. Uh, and I'm sure your kids are about done with their screen time and they're going to come in screaming for you soon. <laughs> oh, she keeps peeking around the corner. That's why my eyes keep going over there. She's over uh, okay. there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I really appreciate you spending the time with me. I'm going to send you a link with this when this goes up, when it airs. 
So you can okay, uh, check perfect. it out and share it. And this was a really great conversation. I'm super, super happy about the way this went. I think you and I actually share a lot of the same ideas. I was didn't need you to agree with me on anything, but it's refreshing to know that there are other people out there who also think the way that I think. And I feel like if I keep having these conversations, I'm going to find a lot more of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm totally down to do it any other time you want to. Cool. I might actually ask you to come on uh, a group discussion and and have a couple other people and let's all kind of have like a panel and discuss it together. That could be interesting too. So I'll let you know. Oh, that'd be awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again for your time. I'll talk with you soon. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Right on. Have a good one. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey guys. So the thing that was really amazing to me about this conversation was that it showed how much communication is important. It showed how every single time communication entered the room, all the hate and the misunderstandings and the frustrations just went away. We need to start talking to each other more. We need to also understand that we don't have to subscribe to each other's cultures. If I don't like your food and you don't like the way that I dress, who gives a shit about that? We need to accept the fact that it's okay not to like each other's stuff. See, that's the problem. I like country music and I like this kind of food and you like rap music and you like this kind of food. And so since I don't like that, then I don't like you and we're not going to like each other. No, no. How about I like country music and I like this kind of food and I think your fucking music sucks and I think your food sucks and then we can laugh about that. Yeah, yeah, your fucking shit sucks too. Ah, yeah, well, whatever. And and that's okay. Can that just be okay that I don't like your food or, or your music or the way you dance or your accent's different than mine? Who gives a fuck? That doesn't have to do with my family values and my ambitions and my aspirations in life or my level of intelligence or anything. It has nothing to do with that. This is my culture. This is what I'm into. But that doesn't mean that you might not connect with me as a person. And it also doesn't mean that we might not have some common interests. But we won't know that if we don't communicate. We got to get to know each other. That's one thing. Now about this police stuff. This is about the culture in the police department, you guys. Okay? You can definitely put harsher penalties on um, police officers who break the law. People who use their badge, who use the power they were given to protect us and they use it to hurt us, that should almost be the same as like a gang enhancement. When a gang member, a documented gang member commits a crime, their punishment is going to be enhanced. So it could be twice as three times as hard uh, long of a sentence because they were a documented gang member. Well, I think we need to take a similar stance to peace officers who are not keeping the peace. If you have a police officer who's using his badge and what in the power that he has and goes out and kills somebody willingly, well, I think that he actually deserves a harsher sentence. I think that's a part of it, but that's only a part of it. Really, the bigger thing here is the culture. All you heroes, because there are some absolute fucking heroes in the police department, guys who, girls who joined up, to protect and serve and every single day they put themselves in dangerous situations put their lives on the line literally every single day just like our military to protect us and you're a big fucking baby if you think we have the civilization that we have and they have nothing to do with it that's disrespectful and it's just ignorant all right go to another country go right across the border to mexico and see how their police are and see how that's that civilization is just saying 
You guys really got to realize how good we have it, and it's because of these guys. But you know what? You guys have another job to do, police officers, heroes. We got one more thing that we need from you. We need you to police the police. We need that locker room talk to get tightened up a bit because those little racist jokes and jokes about hurting people and all this shit that happens in the locker room, that stuff's making its way out onto the street and it's giving you a bad name. It's stealing your praise. You guys are putting your lives on the line every day, but you got people out here that think you're the scum of the earth because you got one guy out of 50 who goes out and hurts people every day and and unfairly targets people and that's making its way onto social media. And I know it'll never be perfect. You can't get to everybody. But stand up especially the leadership, but all of you change the culture across America, all the police departments stand up to it. When you see it, don't let the little jokes happen. Almost like sexual harassment. It's not okay to just jokingly sexual harass people. And it can't be okay anymore to just jokingly talk about racism in the locker rooms, uh, in the halls, um, with your buddies, that, that water cooler talk has to stop because there's truth to those jokes and it's happening. And so you got to stop it there. And if the culture changes, if it's not acceptable from the peers, then it will actually stop. That's the only really way that we're going to change this. So please, we need another thing from you. I know you've already given so much, but now we need that. And if we can see that change, then we can see a brighter day. And it's a work in progress. Look, guys, whether you want to admit it or not, some people acknowledge it, some people don't. We've made a lot of progress in this country. It came from a horrible, horrible place. And we're at a place that's much, much better. And I know it doesn't mean anything to some people, but we've had a black president. Racism is a different thing today than it was. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but we've made progress. And we can continue to make progress. It's a work in progress. And it always will be. It'll never be perfect. And we shouldn't be aiming for perfect. You should never aim for perfect. You can try, but you got to be realistic, okay? So what we're looking for here is notable improvements. And we will get there step by step together. All right. Let's join forces with those who stand with us. Not our color, but the people who share the same heart and intentions. White, black, brown, Asian, doesn't fucking matter. If you love me, I love you. If you respect me, I respect you. And I don't have to like your culture. You don't have to like mine. But we can respect each other just the same. That's the group I stand with. Till next time. See you on Web Chats. Hey guys, it's Rain again. Before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with somebody else who might enjoy it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications. If you want to leave us a five-star rating and a review, we appreciate that so much. It really does help out more than you know. And some of you already know this, some of you don't, but my sister and I produced this show together. And we have a big, big dream to one day have enough supporters behind the show where we could afford to quit our jobs and do nothing but web chats. We can make more episodes, make more content, help more people, and have more fun doing it. And so the way that we're able to do that is through you. We have a Patreon page set up. It's patreon.com slash webchatspodcast. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash webchatspodcast. You can go there. We have three different tiers. You sign up. The lowest one is just $2.99 a month. And that will really help us reach our dream of being able to do this show as a career and make more great episodes for you guys to enjoy. So if you can offer some support there, that means the world to us. But listen. I really mean it. If you never gave us a penny, it does not matter. The fact that you're here means the world to us and we appreciate you. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.